The position that has us most concerned about the 2023 football season is safety. We'll tell you why. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. So the position that is giving us the most pause, the most concern for 2023 is, in fact, safety. And the reason for that is simple. This offense was so safety-centric with a very specific type of safety over the last two years that Ole Miss recruited to him. And all of that going to a system that Pete Golding they do not match. They do not talk well together. It's like trying to put a beta tape in a VHS player. And for people under the age of 30, that's VCR jargon. Um, but it's the reason that Pete Golden was forced to hit the transfer portal so hard after spring. It just didn't meet up. And the main players coming back that everybody was thinking about was going to take a step in the safety room was probably with Darius Tennyson, Aishim Young, and names like that. You have Trey Washington, who actually is performing really well and is going to be a major rotation player this season. But the main starters that you think about would probably be Tennyson and Young. And it just doesn't work out that way. What we're looking at is Pete Golding went heavy on the transfer portal this year to try and, I don't know, protect deficiencies. And he went out and he got Dajon Anthony um, from Liberty. And what he did in his philosophy was to go out and get a bunch of cornerbacks that maybe were not SEC-level cornerbacks. They might not be able to play corner at the SEC level, but they have the coverage skills to actually be a pretty good safety. Dajon Anthony is a guy that fits that bill quite frequently at Liberty, playing cornerback. He is projecting at safety, and a lot of times he was lining up at that time over DeAndre Prince, and I'm sure Deshaun Gaddy will be out there a little bit some in the fall, but he's playing quite extensively at the safety position. But we don't know exactly how this is going to go because this is a relatively new situation. The, the safety room is definitely in show-me mode. All the, the talent is there for them to do what needs to be done. I just don't think we're at the level right now, at the area right now, where we can just assume that it's going to happen. Whenever you look at somebody like Aishim Young, who was a true box safety thumper in the Chris Parchers 326 and the DJ Durkin 326, he was recruited to that. He came from Iowa State to where he did that. In this Pete Golden defense, if he plays safety, he will be asked to do it differently, asked to do different things. His coverage skills are going to have to be on point. Now, you've already seen with Darius Tennyson, they have moved him to linebacker. Apparently, the coverage skills were not at a level that they were comfortable with. So they moved him down. Aishim Young is somebody we're probably on that watch as well, but he has not been moved down at this point. So that probably lets you know that his coverage skills are pretty good. 
and we'll see exactly what happens there. Another player is TJ Young, and he's a guy that was recruited by Lane Kiffin to FAU, actually. He had four pick sixes for touchdowns last year. Great coverage skills. He did a great job in the secondary in Conference USA, but there's a lot of Conference USA-type players that are coming into the defense at the moment, so we need to adjust, and they need to adjust quickly even though we're playing Mercer the first game where they can get their feet wet, they have to be ready to go the next week against Tulane. And don't forget, at the end of September is Alabama and LSU. They have to be a finished product by that point. But T.J. Young is a very good athlete. These are players that we are expecting to play quite a good bit, but it's a bunch of unknowns. It's a bunch of show me. It's If you want to have concerns over what happens in this team and if something goes wrong, it's probably in that area of the defense. You know, and then you look at Trey Washington. He and he is the player that has been here and he has kind of slowly built up through the safety room. And he's an athletic guy. He has all the athletic ability to do that. There was a scrimmage the other other day where he picked off Jackson Dart. He baited him and was able to pick him off, which is actually a, a big deal in this spring practice and this fall camp because Jackson's been doing a pretty good job of taking care of the football. Trey Washington is going to be in there fighting for a spot. Now, I just named a whole bunch of names. Now, there's three safety spots. Ole Miss runs either a 4-2-5 or a 3-3-5. That's what they do defensively. So there's going to be three safeties on the field as opposed to four, but they'll be asked to be, do different things. And I think they're going to be more coverage-based, the way you see the NFL do at the moment. And to where the third slot corner to where they're lining up there. So you might see a corner that's getting face up on an inside receiver because that's, that's where you get hurt now in football or those inside wide receivers. It's not so much an outside wide receiver game that we used to think of when Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin and Randy Moss and those guys were patrolling the outside of the field. Now it's kind of more of a slot type situation. And you saw this at Ole Miss. Honestly, starting with um, A.J. Brown and Evan Ingram, that that era is when college football really began to change. And Ole Miss has chosen over the last few years to go very safety-specific, to try and get some plus-size body to try and stop the run when it happens, and you hope the coverage skills are good enough. Well, we'll see whenever this season happens if these coverage corners, because you're essentially playing with Four corners on the field, five corners on the field can be physical enough on the inside to deal with the run. Now, there will be a larger body in there. Like whenever we run a 4-2-5, you're going to have a true three technique. Even when we run a 3-3-5, three, three, you're going to have some plus-size players lining up um, at linebacker and on the defensive line. And we'll talk about that during our post-fall camp grades in the second segment about where all they sit. But the safety room, they are the concern. They need to be the concern. Now, I'm not saying they can't do it. Do not hear me say that, oh, this is this is just a downtrodden group. They have the talent to do it. I'm just concerned that if there's a place that you want to look at that they didn't do it, it's probably here. I think they have the talent to get it done. I really like TJ Young. I like John Saunders playing free safety. Now, the biggest thing that Ole Miss had to replace that nobody's talking about is A.J. Finley. He was a quarterback of that defense and made a ton of plays 
for Ole Miss's defense in the last four years. John Saunders is probably going to slip into that spot slot. I think John Saunders will also play a little slot corner. You might see a situation with Aisheen goes back and plays center field. Center field's an important position in any team that plays man free. That free safety is responsible for 52 yards of the field, sideline to sideline, to make sure that it doesn't get beat. They're deeper than the deepest. They're trying to read the quarterback's eyes. And as they get better at it, plays can be made and drives can be saved and possessions can be gained. And we've all talked about the defense's job this year will be to gain possessions for the offense. And it'll be really interesting to see how they do with that. Like I said, that's the position I'm most concerned with. I'm All in all, I think the safety position is probably either a B- minus or a C plus, kind of in that range where I'm putting it right now. And that is the lowest grade on the team, with the exception of maybe punter, but we're not really giving grades on, on punter. But safety has a chance to be very, very important for this team. If this Ole Miss football defense is a top 30 defense, it is because the safety room performed at a high level that was needed and all the transfers that came in hit. If the defense is around 60, it's because that maybe they were a little leaky on the back end. That's what I'm saying there. So it'll be something we need to keep an eye on against Mercer. I know we're all laughing about that, but yes, Mercer against Tulane. Michael Pratt has a chance to expose that a little bit. Georgia Tech with Haynes King will be interesting as well. And then you have Alabama and LSU. So it's definitely a get right time with those teams. Now, I do want to let you know that this show is sponsored by Game Time Tickets app. You know, Game Time is the place for a last minute ticket deals. Let's say that, I don't know, the Friday before you have not gotten your ticket to the Ole Miss LSU game and you all of a sudden have decided you want to go to that game. Well, why not use the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason? Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's like two sips, two clicks, click, click, you're there. It's done. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email to find them. So snag those tickets without stress from game time. And you can download the Game Time app right now and create an account. Use code Locked On College, and you get twenty dollars off your first purchase. You might want to check those out and see if there's any Ole Miss games on there. It's because at twenty percent off, that's like half of a ticket in most cases. Anyway, terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College, all one word, for twenty dollars off your ticket. That's download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The two-part Ultimate College Football Preview is live on Locked On SEC. I got on there and fought the good fight as best I can with people that basically were pretty dismissive about a really talented Ole Miss team. So I fought that as best I can. I may not have done the best job, but I will always fight to do that. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. It's a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Now, the safety position, I wanted to say to put the safety position first because everybody talks about and makes fun of Sunshine Steve and all that. And I, I enjoy all of that because, honestly, Homer is in the name of the podcast. I mean, 
if you're expecting anything other than that, it is your fault, honestly, not mine. But I did want to say that because I am known for telling it like it is. It's not telling it like it's supposed to be or telling it like it what what it is as opposed to could be, should be. And that is a position for the last three months I've, I've been concerned about. I, I just have. But the rest of the defense is a little bit more rosy. And we're going to start off on the defensive line. And J.J. Pegues and Cedric Johnson, they're kind of the leaders on the defensive line with Jared Ivey. Those three are probably as good of a three-man look on the defensive line since probably 2014-ish, I think. Um, good football players. J.J. Pegues gets to play as a true three technique, which is honestly his wheelhouse. Cedric Johnson is going to line up and play that jack roll, that um, rusher and linebacker, kind of go back and forth. We need to check and see if he loses a little weight before the season. He came in at 265. I was wondering if he might drop that down to like 255 just to, you know, to do that, but it'll be real interesting what happens with Cedric Johnson. Hey, will he wear number 38 or will he just wear a patch? We have to find that out as well. At nose guard is a little bit interesting. There's three players that are competing for the job in Stefan Wynn, um, Xavion Harris, and Joshua Harris, and they're all competing for what's going on. I think Stefan Wynn is going to likely win that job, and that probably comes from his experience that he gained playing at Alabama for three years. So that's probably helping out as well. That's not a really saying thing about Xavion or Joshua Harris, but it, I mean, it, it's hard to fight experience. Now, the question is, I, I hear all the time on podcasts that Xavion Harris is being looked at as a top level, like offensive tackle. Will sliding the third in the desk, sliding the third in the depth chart be a impetus for a move if that was going to happen. It seems like that would be the case if he can help you elsewhere like that as well. Now, if you look at backups like Jamon Gordon, I mentioned Xavion Harris, um, Akello Stone, a little bit of undersized defensive lineman. I think he's going to three technique from time to time. And, you know, Jamarius Brown, the true freshman who is getting overlooked at times because of the emergence of A.J. Brown, um, Santarian Perkins, and Aiden Williams. As a true freshman, Jamarius kind of falls between the cracks, but he, I think he's a low key to get on the field at some point this season. Honestly, I give the defensive line right now. Oh, I mentioned I forgot to mention Isaac Uku, who's backing up Cedric Johnson. It, just the depth that they have and the rotation they have on the defensive line at the moment. There's a lot of players that have to do it, but they have the potential to do it. And since we're going off of a potential, I'm going to give it an A- minus defensive line at the moment. It will be the strength of the defense as well. Now, if you go to the linebacker position, you have Monty Montgomery, who's kind of separated, as we all kind of thought he would do, right? We all thought he would separate um, and become a starter. But the other starters kind of up in the air at the moment. And you have, you know, Jeremiah Jean-Patiste. You have Ashanti Seastruck. You have Santarian Perkins. You have Ladarius Tennyson. You have those guys that are fighting for the position next to Monty Montgomery, essentially. It'll be real interesting to see what happens. Now, in this thing right here, Tyler Comas says that senior linebacker Ashanti Seastrunk has been um, taking promising Suntarian Perkins or Suntarian Perkins under his wing. And that is absolutely true. 
And Ashanti, we're going to just be honest about this. Not very, not, you could do a whole lot worse than having somebody like Ashanti as your mentor. And I do expect Suntarian to get on the field progressively as this season goes on. By by the time the state gets here, it might be a Monty Montgomery, Suntarian, Perkins linebacker core. And the speed that they could react with on the second level could be extremely next level. And especially with all those defensive linemen that's going to suck up blocks and they have the ability to move side to side and kind of open lanes to attack, the, the linebacker position could be pretty good. It's, it's a genuine two deep. It's kind of a two and a half deep. I'm going to give them a B plus on the season um, after fall camp. Now, the last position that we're going to go over is the cornerback room. And it's kind of interesting, right? The big the big leader in the cornerback room, everybody thought it was going to be DeAndre Prince. And DeAndre has gotten into a little bit of trouble in the fall. Um, so it's kind of shifted over to the Zamari Walton, who was kind of turning into the alpha anyway. But as a senior, this is kind of a last bullet in the gun, the defense version of a Spencer Sanders type. Is a guy that came in, there's urgency. He picked everything up. He'd seen a bunch. He'd played a ton of football. And because of that, it just kind of fell into his lap that, okay, these others, I can direct traffic around me. And if you look at the other cornerbacks that are in the room, we mentioned DeAndre Prince, who apparently is um, practicing again. I'm not sure about that, but I've heard that. And then you have Deshaun Gaddy, who is a transfer out of North Texas. He's an all-conference USA player. He's a good football player, a good man coverage guy. I think on the field between him and um, Zamari Walton, there will be plays to be made, and you will see Ole Miss look a little bit differently um, defensively. Now, if you, behind them, behind those three, you have Chris Graves, who got his immediate eligibility. He has not practiced, so he's behind the eight ball. But what I think you might see with Chris Graves, he's like a superior athlete. He's from the Fort Myers area, I believe, in Florida. He was a former top 100 player, four-star. Honestly, really similar coming out of high school as Otis Reese was. But instead of being a safety, he's playing corner. Super athletic guy. Played a lot of wide receiver in high school. He's another one by the end of the year. I think you could see him getting a lot more playing time with what he needs to do. Now, the problem is He's kind of a late arrival into high school football. He's just a really good athlete, and they found out, okay, this, this guy's really good. Well, he went to Miami as a true freshman, as many people in that part of the state do, and they were trying to develop him because he was so raw and to get him ready to play for him, Mario Cristobal. But as I talked to Brian Smith, I was like, oh, you know, Brian covers Miami closely. The first thing was like, hey, did Chris Graves get removed from the team? And the guy said, I don't think so. Not that I heard about it. And he covered him, so he would know. But he, uh, So I was like, well, why did he transfer? Why, why did he do this so late in the process? What is going on here? And he said, man, South Florida kids, they just don't like to wait. So it's an impatient type of deal. So you will see a situation during the season. Ole Miss is getting this kid ready to play. But you can see a two-deep, developing at the cornerback position as well. I would give that one a B. You're looking at a defense that probably, if you just add the grades together, they're probably around a B minus or a B. 
and they have a chance to be pretty good. But they also have a chance to be conky. And I've described this defense potentially as conky. They are the ultimate show-me defense at this point. They need to prove to me that they are going to be able to get stops. They're going to be able to be an effective defense. Exactly prove to me what you're good at. And you don't have to be necessarily a good defense. Now, we all want him to be a good defense, but you don't have to be. If you're just good at something to where it can be effective and can be a game-winning type proposition for the defense, let's say you are tops in the SEC in turnovers or leading the SEC in sacks, that will get possessions back for this offense, which has a chance to be pretty dynamic. We've talked about this over and over and over again. But just don't be in a situation where you just kind of milk toast on all the categories. Be good at something. And I think that will happen. There's a lot of people. Everybody I talk to is a huge fan of what Pete Golding does and how he coaches defense and how his mind works and the, the way that he acts like I've heard from like Michael Borky the other night described him as a professor. I've heard people say that he takes notes on the field whenever he's doing practice. So we will see exactly how this goes. I expect Ole Miss's defense to flash. I absolutely do. Do I expect a top 10 defense? Probably not. Do I expect a top 30 defense? That's probably the top end of the range that we're looking at. I, I think I'd be more surprised with a top 60 defense than a top 30 defense, honestly, at the moment. But we'll see exactly how that goes as well. Now, when we come back, we are going to talk about how, A, it is unbelievably stupid that players are like, I don't know, crying poor, wanting more money. They're trying to negotiate a fee to be in the game. And they're acting like them not being in the game is some kind of a detrimental thing for the game. So we'll talk about that in just a second. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. And listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I am planning on tonight going and watching a minor league baseball game in Lakeland, Florida. All of Detroit's draft picks have been promoted up to A-ball. So like five or six or seven picks that were playing in the Florida Complex League has moved up, including um, the first-round pick, Max Clark, and I think Kevin McGonigal, who was the um, the tweener round, in between the first and the second round, the comp compensatory picks at the beginning. So we'll be able to watch them play a little bit. So that is what I'm planning on to doing tonight. Um, so we'll see exactly how that goes as well. Now, this is the last show before we start in game week, and we've done almost every day, and I think through the first two segments, we've accomplished that. But there's something that I want to talk about, and that is stuff you see, like this news article where Caleb Williams is unsure if he'll agree to be in the next EA Sports College football game, Ross Jellinger reports. Okay, this is my response to this. This is official. You can bookmark the whole nine yards. Who? cares. I do not care if Caleb Williams is in the game. Not a single person nationally is going to buy EA Sports College Football NCAA 2024 because Caleb Williams is or is not in the game. They are going to do that so they can beat up on their arch rival by 50 points and smile while they're doing it, playing their arch rival on 
rookie mode or freshman mode or working their dynasty to year eight where Air Force wins the national championship. That is the plan. That is why we loved NCAA football. It's not that you got to play with who you wanted to play, likenesses or not. It was about winning with your school, your tribe, being able to make them go further, maybe having another program that has no chance of winning becoming an absolute juggernaut because you recruit and you do all this stuff and you build this perfect roster. It isn't because a player is on the game. Nobody cares about a player on the game. If you want to have a number 14 playing quarterback for USC that's a little bit less of a runner whose attributes don't quite match up to what Caleb Williams does, do it. It will sell just as well. The one thing that we can't get into the weeds with is thinking that NCAA football is somehow important because of the NIL. The reason that it went away was because that EA Sports was using exact player likenesses. So attribute-wise and everything, and the numbers-wise, everything except the name of the player was on the game. Change the number. Change the attributes a little bit. And you can still get around to all of this stuff, and everything will sell as good, if not better, than if you get into this whole situation to where you're having to negotiate with players over rates. We don't care about players in this game. We care about our school in this game. We care about the mechanics of college football in the game via, via recruiting and dynasties and playoffs. We do not care about players in this game. Not one single Ole Miss fan is going to buy NCAA 24 next year other than Walker Howard and Austin Simmons and hope to see Walker Howard or Austin Simmons in that game. They're looking to see Ole Miss in that game and compete with the Ole Miss Rebels. Just my thought there. All right. I do want to get a um, viewer mail thing in this week, and that is um, from Will I Am on the Discord. It says, pick the over or under. Ole Miss will have 25 fourth down attempts in 2023. Just to let it be known, they had 36 fourth down attempts in 2022. And Will, I honestly think that the under is in play on this. And I think the reason is, if you listen to this video, you can say, I, I, I basically said that I think that Ole Miss has a B defense for 2023. So if they have a B defense and they can do the things that we expect them to do as a B defense, why not punt the ball? Now, Now, whether or not Frazier Mason can average 40-plus yards a punt is another story, okay? That is absolutely another story. But if that happens and the defense is good and you can play field position at times, like we're going to Tuscaloosa in September. Once we get to Tuscaloosa it's in September 23rd, the main problem that Ole Miss had in 2021 when Matt Corral was there, the get-you-popcorn-ready game, was the going for it stuff. The hole was dug in the first half. Ole Miss was unable to get out. It ended up being 42 to 21. Ole Miss ended up being in good shape, but the game was essentially over um, because of going for it and things like that. 
There, there's multiple games a season where analytics, I'm giving air quotes right there for anybody, has been directly responsible for Ole Miss losing the football game. So I don't know particular if that those analytics are going to come into play this season or Ole Miss is going to try and play it more straight up because they have a more talented team. Last year, I thought they were going to play it straight up. They didn't. So I honestly, I don't know. I'd like to say under. My guess would be under, but we'll see exactly what happens there. Anyway, I hope everybody has a good weekend. We get into game week, and I have a doozy of a take for Monday's show. I've been saving it for Monday's show, so definitely tune in for that. I'm not going to give it away here, but it is a doozy of a take. And then we have our lines, the whole nine yards. We're going to start talking about week one, and we are going to get ready to go. Also, before I get out of here, I do want to say welcome aboard to Stewart's Cajun Dill Pickles, who is going to appear on our show. Um, doing readers um, after the Tulane game, I believe, for about a month. Um, we are happy to have students, uh, stewards, talking about dill pickles and all of that good stuff. So I'm so happy to have them on the show, and we'll be fired up about that. And other businesses that have local ties that are Ole Miss fans, they're going to start appearing as well on this show. So that has me pretty fired up at the moment. So. Thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Thanks, everybody. It is going to be week zero. Football is here. Have a great week weekend, everyone.